Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. Thanks for being here today. And we did allude to last service was pretty packed because we ordained Matt LaFree. Matt LaFree, stand up, stand up. Here's a, here's a picture of it, in case you missed it. But yeah, we were able to ordain him. I'm super excited about that. So Matt is preaching the next six weeks in a row. So <laughs> didn't know that, did you? <laughs> no, it's part of what comes with it, buddy. Anyway, so uh, thanks for being here today. I wanted to start off today's message by sharing a story. So uh, the first question, though, is has anyone ever had a concussion before? Let me see your sign of hands. Yeah, just a few of us here. Yeah, the first service was about half of us. It explained a lot. Um, but, uh, but I can remember my first concussion, kind of. Uh, it was back in high school. I was uh, over at a youth leader's house. So when you're in Michigan and you go to church and you go to a youth leader's house, that generally means you're going to a farm somewhere. So I was on a farm somewhere. And uh, I was with my friends Scott and Wayne. And I don't know why Scott hung out with us because Wayne and I just love to pick on Scott. That's just kind of what we did. And so I, I actually texted my, my, my cousin Wayne and I said, what, what were we doing? Why did this all happen? And I, I, he remembered that we were throwing Kool-Aid on Scott. I mean, that's just kind of what we did. So we just picked on him. So anyway, Scott was a mild-mannered guy and it took a lot for him to kind of go crazy. And, uh, but this day he did. So we were just like throwing Kool-Aid on. Finally, he lost it. And he just took off after Wayne because Wayne's like 5'8". You know, I'm about six foot or I was six foot then. I don't know what I am now. I'm probably shrinking. But anyway, so uh, Wayne was a, you know, an easier target. So Wayne took off running out of the house and Scott went off running after him. And I thought, well, I better go help Wayne out. So I <clears throat> found my shoes, put my shoes on, got to the back door, and I looked out and it was raining. It was raining really hard. And so the barn, they had run out into the barn. The barn was, you know, across the yard. And so I said, well, I'm going to have to take off. So I took off running through the rain. I didn't want to get very wet. But I believe I was running with my eyes closed. You know how you can run and close your eyes and you're running because I didn't want the, the rain hitting my eyes. Well, at the same time, my cousin Wayne is being chased by Scott and he's coming around the corner of the barn back out into the yard. And he's running like this, you know, looking back at Scott. And I'm running like this with my head down, eyes closed. And we just smacked. His top of his head hit me right in the face. And uh, I never saw it coming. Uh, it knocked me out. I was, I was down in the ground, laying in the mud. Uh, rain's coming down. It broke my nose. Blood's just coming out of my nose all over my face. And so my, my cousin Wayne just kind of, looks up and rubs top of his head and just says, hey, Clint, you all right? And I wasn't really responding. So they, they grabbed my legs and they drug me into <laughs> the barn on the concrete, you know, and they grabbed an old rag, probably an oil rag or something from the barn and cleaned up my face, you know, because I had all this blood. And uh, anyway, so I didn't, re I don't remember any of that part, but I do remember this part. So I started like coming around and I, and I said, hey, what, what happened? And they said, oh, you, ran into, you ran into Wayne. I said, is he, is he all right? Like, yeah, he's fine. And I had chipped my teeth. And so I went, damn, my teeth feel funny. 
And so then I, I lay there another minute or so, and then I said, man, what happened? And they go, um, you, you ran into Wayne. Is he all right? Yeah, he's fine. Hey, my, my teeth feel funny. <laughs> and I was in this loop, you know? And so they knew I was in trouble, that something had I'd hit my head pretty hard. So they uh, asked me this question. They said, what's your brother's kid's name? Now, my son or my nephew, uh, Josh, had just been born. And uh, so they were trying to find out if I knew, could remember Josh's uh, name. Well, the thing was, um, this is my brother, Doug, my, you know, his first kid. They had gotten married earlier that year. And so I said, who, who, your brother's son's name? I said, my brother, Doug? They go, yeah. I go, he's not married. You know, I mean, I'd completely forgotten all those months, you know, just completely gone. So they knew I was in trouble. They ended up uh, calling my parents and, you know, I don't know, they took me home, actually cleaned me up with a clean rag at some point, you know, took care of me. But the reason I tell you that story, though, is because generally speaking, I'm a fairly independent person. I don't like people to help me out, right? Anybody can relate to that where you're like, I don't really like it when people to help me. And it's even worse when I really, really need the help. But that day, that day when I was laying there in the mud, I needed someone to take care of me. Right? I was dazed and confused. I needed someone to help with the, the, the stop the blood, you know, from my nose, um, to clean me up with a, a rag, to pull me out of the rain and the mud. And I needed someone to take care of me. I couldn't take care of myself. Now, have you ever been in a situation like that? Now, maybe you weren't knocked out cold or had a concussion, something like that. But maybe you were in a situation financially where, man, you were in trouble. You had some bills due, the electric was going to be turned off, or you didn't have money for groceries, and someone had to come through and take care of you. You ever been in a situation like that? Or maybe um, you were struggling in school and there was this one class and you had this test coming up and you're like, there's no way I'm going to pass this class. But somebody said, hey, I'll study with you. I'll help you out. And they helped you pass the class. Or maybe your car was broken down on the side of the road. You ever been there? My son, that happened just this week, serpentine belt. Your serpentine belt breaks in your car just so you know you're not going anywhere. All right, you're... You're kind of done at that point. And so he's like, I, I need someone to help. I need someone to come help me, you know, get out of this mess. Well, the reality is that we live in America, the home of the free and the brave. And we don't want anyone to take care of us, right? We, we are very independent, want to be able to care for ourselves. But I would say that in life, there are times when we need to be taken care of. Probably more often than what we admit. I don't know about you, but there are times I make decisions, I say things that I think are the right thing to do, and I end up figuratively in the mud, in the rain, laying there dazed and confused, going, I don't know how I got here, I don't know where I'm going, and I need someone to pick me up and help me out, dust me off and help me out and take care of me. But here's the good news. Our God in heaven is a caretaker. And even better, God wants to take care of us. He wants to help us out. That's part of his nature. 
So today we're going to study that characteristic of God. It's in our series. We're in our series called Divine Identity, Knowing God by His Names. And I believe that as we study the names of God, we'll better understand His character and, and understand Him a little bit more. Last week, uh, my wife Rose taught a message called Elroy, the God who sees us. And it was a great message. If you missed it last week, I'd encourage you to check it out online. But it was a, a message about the God who sees the little things in our life, the little details and cares about those. But he's also the God that sees the big picture and he guides us and he cares about us all the way through. And we're never, ever alone. So if you missed that one, you can check it out online. But today we're going to be talking about God as a caretaker. And we're going to be in Psalms chapter 23. You can turn there in your Bibles if you'd like. This is a pretty familiar psalm to many of us. Might have learned it in Sunday school or in Bible school or something like that. Um, But it starts out with, the Lord is my shepherd. And then it goes on from there. But it spends time really talking about us as sheep. All right, talking about us as sheep. Now, that was very relatable to the people uh, that this psalm was written to at that time. Because David, who wrote it, was a shepherd, and so he understood sheep. And many, many people during that time were farmers or they were related to farmers, and so they understood sheep. But most of us, we've touched a sheep maybe in a petting zoo, right? I mean, or we maybe drove by one and said, what are those out there? I mean, we we don't know sheep very well. But there's two characteristics about sheep that I think we need to to better understood. They were well known at the time that this was written, um, and it will help us today. First of all, sheep can't take care of themselves, all right? They can't. They can't take care of themselves. They need someone to take care of them if they're going to survive. And then the second characteristic about sheep is that I don't think they know that they can't take care of themselves, right? I mean, they kind of run away from the protection because they think they can do this all on their own, but they really can't. And by the way, we are a lot like sheep. Let me say that again. You are a lot like sheep. So keep that in mind as we read this psalm and as we talk about this today. So this is Psalm chapter 23, starting with verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Verse 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. And in the Hebrew, that is Jehovah Rohi. Jehovah Rohi. So that's the title of our message today. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, my shepherd. And I'm going to give us three reasons uh, through this scripture that I found uh, that really would encourage us to acknowledge our need for a shepherd and also then encourage us to follow God as our shepherd. But first, let me pray. So, Father, we come to you and thank you for this day. We thank you for everyone that's here. Um, And, Lord, more than anything, we want to hear from you. 
So Father, I pray that you would guide my words to speak what you want me to say to us today. And Lord, I pray that we would have ears to hear. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, three reasons we should all follow God the shepherd. First of all, he knows what we need. God the shepherd knows what we need. Verses 1 through 3 say, The Lord is my shepherd, and because of that, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. So Jehovah Rohi, our shepherd, knows what we need. Now let's talk about sheep because we relate to sheep. Sheep have special needs. They need someone to tell them when to rest. They kind of work themselves to the bone, right? I mean, does anyone relate to that? I mean, we don't always take the time to rest when we need to. And God knows that. And he says, hey, work six days, but on the seventh, rest. That's what God the shepherd says is take the Sabbath and rest. That's part of how he speaks to us. But sheep need someone to tell them to rest. Uh, They need someone to take them to green pastures to eat. Otherwise, they'll just eat whatever's around them. Maybe not the best stuff. They need someone to lead them to quiet waters to drink. They can't drink from a rushing stream. They need a shepherd to take them downstream to where there's a quiet pool of water so they can drink. They have a lot of needs. But one major need that sheep have is that they need to be sheared like once a year. All their wool needs to be cut off. So I have a picture of a sheep that didn't get sheared. This is Barak, the sheep from Australia. They found him earlier this year. He hadn't been sheared in years. Uh, and he had so much wool. I don't know if you can see that, but he could barely see. I mean, it was coming around his eyes and so on. So they found him, and immediately a shepherd said, I know what he needs. He needs to be sheared. And they sheared off 77 pounds of wool. You know, so here's a picture of Barak now. Doesn't he look like he's smiling? I mean, I just it looks like he's smiling. They fed him. They took the wool off of him. And he's much, much better. But that's what happens to sheep if they don't have a shepherd taking care of them. Now, I'm not even sure that Barak knew that he needed someone to take care of him. Right? Barak the sheep wandered away from the the shepherd, and he probably thought, this is kind of a good deal. Nobody's herding me around. Nobody's taking me anywhere. I get to go anywhere I want. So he wandered off for, it seems like he wandered off for years. Okay, and over time, that that wool coat just kept getting heavier and heavier, and you know it had to be getting hotter and hotter too, right? I mean, have you ever worn a wool sweater? I mean, it it warms you up. He had seventy-seven pounds of wool on him. I don't, I'm not even sure he was realizing that things weren't going well for him, but he was in trouble, and life was getting more difficult for him. And I would say, like sheep, when we go our own way, life becomes difficult for us as well. But that's not what God has planned for us. God has a life for us that is abundant. That is abundant. John 10.10 says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, I like this in the uh, NLT it says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. 
my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Don't we all want that? A rich and satisfying life? Guys, left on our own, making our own decisions, doing what we think is best for us, we're going to end up a lot like Barak the sheep. I mean, we will. God the shepherd, Jehovah Rohi, he knows what is best for us. He knows better. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So, when we follow God the shepherd, he's going to kind of herd us in. He's going to tell us where to go, where to eat, where to get our water. And sometimes that can be a little bit painful, right? A little uncomfortable. Because we want to kind of go out there and do our own thing. But again, recognizing that God the shepherd sees the bigger picture. He knows us intimately. And he knows what is best for each one of us. But it can be painful. Getting up for church on a Sunday morning can be painful, right? But God knows it's best for us. It's best for us. Giving away some of our hard-earned money. Being generous with our money. That's painful. I don't know about you, but that's, that can be painful. It's painful for me. But God knows it's best. It's best for us. And then doing what Scripture says. I mean, Scripture says that we're supposed to apologize, right? If, we, if we've wronged somebody, if there's an offense, we're supposed to leave church and go and make things right with that person. <laughs> that's painful right? That hurts. But God knows, man, it is best for you. It is best for you to live in peace with everyone. Because God, our shepherd, knows what is best for us. But boy, we are a lot like sheep. We want to do our own thing. Isaiah 53, 6 says, we all like sheep have gone astray, and each of us has turned to our own way. God knows what's best for us every single time. He's the good shepherd but he will not make us follow his advice. Right? As a pastor, there's many times I, I, I get to know people's stories and I, and I know kind of the mess they're in. And they're in this mess a lot of times just because they didn't follow God's advice, right? I mean, they're kind of doing things on their own. And I wish I could just make them follow God's advice, right? Because I know what you need to do. It says here in Scripture, just do these things. But I can't. In the same way, God could, though. God could make us follow His advice, but He doesn't. He, he is there for us. He gives it to us. It's all throughout Scripture. But He's not going to make us follow it. It is up to us to do that. But trust me, when we take God's advice, when we follow His will, when we choose Him as our shepherd, life will go a lot better for us. Just like Barak the sheep who had all those pounds of wool cut off of him, our life is a lot lighter. It's easier to see. It's easier to walk. I think there's even a smile on our face when we follow God, the shepherd. The shepherd. So here's your fill-in. The first step to a rich and satisfying life is choosing God's way instead of our way. Choosing God's ways instead of our ways. That's because he knows what we need. Secondly, we should all follow God the shepherd because he will protect us. He will protect us. Again, we're being likened to sheep 
throughout Scripture. It's all over Scripture. And sheep have a ton of natural predators. They have coyotes and foxes and wolves and bears and mountain lions and, and rabid dogs, just to name a few. But get this, sheep don't have any natural defense mechanisms. Think about that. They're helpless. They are helpless against all of these predators. They're not fast. They can't run away like an antelope. You know, at least an antelope can run away. Sheep, sheep can't run fast. They don't have any fangs. They just mow on grass. You know, they got these flat teeth. That's what they do. They don't have any fangs. They don't have any claws. They don't have poisonous venom. Like if something eats them, they don't, the person doesn't die or the animal doesn't die because they ate them or it tastes bad. In fact, they taste really good, right? We've all had kind of lamb. It's good eating. They're not camouflaged. I mean, think of a flock of sheep in a green valley, right? And you're a coyote. You come up over the corner and it's like a neon bright dinner buffet sign. I mean, just like flashing. Look, there's a dinner buffet. Sheep need someone to protect them. That's what they need. Our verse in our scripture, verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So even though we go through difficult times, we don't have to fear. Because what? Because you are with me. God, the shepherd, is with us. Now, we do have an enemy, right? We do have an enemy, the devil and all of his demons. And their plan in life is to destroy us. That's what they want. Uh, scripture likens them to a lion. It says in 1 Peter 5.8, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Lions devour sheep. That's what they do. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He's just roaring around trying to find a sheep that they can devour. An unprotected sheep. Guys, without God, we don't have a chance against the devil. Like a lion to a sheep, we don't have a chance. But with God, the devil doesn't have a chance against us. Scripture says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, when we choose God to be our shepherd, man, we have strength. God is near us and he is with us and we don't have to fear. Now there's one thing that I wanted to point out from the scripture because it talks about the rod and the staff that they protect me. So just imagine a staff. A staff is a, a stick, you know, maybe six or seven or eight feet long. And so a shepherd uses that to, to bang on, you know, the coyote that's attacking a sheep, right? You know, they do that. And they also have this rod, which is like a, a throwing stick. And so they can see that and they can look out and they can throw it, Jimmy, about as far as you are, right? I could throw it and hit you pretty hard. But, you know, in the back, all the way in the back, I probably couldn't do much damage. That's too far away. So if you're a sheep and there's a prowling lion around, where do you want to be? Close to the shepherd, right? So the shepherd's there to protect you. So we need to draw near to the shepherd to be protected 
by the shepherd. So here's a question for you. How close have you been lately to the shepherd? Just ask yourself that question. How close have I been lately to the shepherd? And, you know, if the world's been kicking you around, attacking you, and you feel like you're defenseless, maybe we, it's time to get closer to the shepherd again. Get closer to God. Because He will protect you. He will watch out for you. So that's your filling. A key to being protected by the shepherd is to be near to the shepherd. And that's up to us, to draw near to Him. Scripture says if we draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. But we have to take that step. So we should all follow God the shepherd because He will protect us. The last point isn't very good. I'll just tell you that up front. But it's, it's important and it's true. We should all follow God the shepherd because we will inherit His stuff. <laughs> we will inherit His stuff. That's not a great reason to follow God the shepherd, but it definitely is a side benefit to following the shepherd. Now, when we, when we choose to follow God the shepherd, we become his children, all right? Scripture says in John 1.12, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. When we choose God as our shepherd, we become his kids. And as God's kids, we have a right to his stuff. Let me give you a silly illustration. Um, so we have five young adult kids, and uh, they're all moved out of the house right now, and we've been empty nesting. <sighs> it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I need to move on. I'm just kind of sitting in that. That's a good thing. Rose said to me the other day, she said, I'm not even sure you even like our kids. I'm like, no, I do. I do like them. I like them over there. You know, I just... Out of the house, it's kind of a beautiful thing. Anyway, so I was talking to one of those young adult kids, and, and I said, I don't know why I asked this question. I said, what, what would you do if Rose and I died? Like, you know, we're going on a, a plane next week, and what if we, the plane crashed, what if we died? What would you do? And their immediate response was, oh, we'd move into the house. All of us. We'd all live together. And I was like, have you been talking about this? I mean, has there been a plan? <laughs> That was really, like, quickly decided. Um, but as I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, actually not a bad idea, right? I mean, they move into our house. I mean, we, we still have the same house that, that we raised them in. So we have the rooms, you know, they have bathrooms, all of that. They, actually, all the kids do get along pretty well. They would be rent-free, you know, so it's not a bad plan. Let's, maybe we should drive to, to Texas. <laughs> anyway. So, but the only reason that they have that as an option is what? Because they're my kids, right? They're our kids. And as our children, they have rights to our house. Like if we died in a car crash or a plane crash, you all couldn't move into our house, right? Because you, you, you're not our kids. You know, only like your, your kids can move in. Well, that's called inheritance. It's, it's the rights of being our children. But as children of God, when we choose Him as our shepherd, we have inherent rights. In our scripture, it says, Surely 
goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As God's children, we inherit God's goodness and love. And it follows us all the days of our life. Man, that's good. That's a nice benefit to being a child of God. But even more than that, one day we get to dwell in God's house. And trust me, God's house is much better than our house and much better than your house and any other house here on this planet. That's the inheritance that we have as God's children. But get this, this is your last filling. Unlike our earthly inheritance, inheritance, I get to choose my eternal inheritance. Like we don't get to choose our parents, right? I mean, we, whatever they have to pass down to us, that's all we get. But we get to decide if we are going to choose God as our father. And if we do, we get to be adopted into this family. And we have this inheritance here on earth of love and joy and peace and all those good things. But then we also get to dwell in God's house forever. Forever. So those are three reasons we should all follow God the shepherd. Because he knows what we need. He will protect us. And then we get to inherit his stuff. I'm going to invite Matt to come on up here. He's going to lead us in our closing prayer. So I'm going to pray for two things this morning, but it's really the same opportunity. And so the first thing is this, is if you need a shepherd, I want to pray for you this morning. And if you need it, we talked about a shepherd, right? We may not, we're sheep, and we may not realize we need a shepherd, just like, was it Brock or whatever? Borak, Barak, Barak was our old president. Barak, he may not have realized that he needed a shepherd. He may not have realized that anything was, I'll say I use the word wrong with him, but he needed that shepherd. And so Jesus is our shepherd. So if you have never declared that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, that's an opportunity for you today. We may be reluctant, reluctant to do that. We may not want people to take care of us. So even if, that, if it's you and you know, but you're like, I'm not standing up, stand up today. Not right now, I'll call it out here in a second. But that's, that's an opportunity. That's one thing that we're praying for, that you need a shepherd. But the other thing that I want to pray for is it's kind of that second point that the question that Clint put up was basically how close are you to the shepherd? So if you, if you have strayed away in Isaiah, the scripture was, um, we all like sheep have gone astray. So maybe you've gone astray and you need to draw closer to Jesus this morning, draw closer to that shepherd. That's the other opportunity that we have. And in both of these opportunities, I want to, I want to ease it, I guess, to say this. You don't have to be perfect to know Jesus. Jesus will make you perfect. 
You don't have to come. If you're a sheep, you don't have to, to shave your wool off and then go find Jesus. Jesus will shave it off for you. And so I hope God is speaking to you this morning. But if that's you if, you, if you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've never declared that. Or maybe you've, you've declared that before, but you are now, you have gone astray. You want to come back closer to Jesus. If that's you this morning, would you stand and allow me, allow us to pray for you? Is that anyone that's, that it's touching your heart this morning? I get this sense, and this may be for somebody, but I don't know, but it, I kind of said it before, but the word reluctancy comes into play. Like maybe you need to know, but you're reluctant to. I know it's hard in this setting to stand, but if that word is speaking to you, I encourage you. you all stand and I will say a closing prayer. So Jesus, we come to you this morning and say thank you. Thank you for being willing to be our shepherd. Thank you for being willing to take a bunch of lost sheep and to gather us and to protect us and to guide us and you know lead us to green pastures and lead us to still waters. We thank you for that this morning. And Jesus, we thank you for for being our shepherd all the time. Just like I prayed in first service, but but God, a lot of times we do these salvation calls on a Sunday, but we thank you for for being there Monday through Saturday as well. So I ask God in this moment that that if if you're speaking to somebody here this morning, we just ask that you keep speaking to them. So when they wake up tomorrow morning, even though it's not Sunday and they're not going to church, but they still hear from you. We thank you for for your protections. And more than anything, we just thank you for loving us. Even though we don't deserve it, you still love us. And Jesus, for that, we are ever, forever, and forever grateful. It is in your mighty name that we pray. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for being here this morning. If you have any other prayer requests, we do have a prayer team that will be up here. Just come up and sit in the front row. Uh, We will pray for you. Other than that, we'll see you next week. Thanks. 
Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.